since the sandbox is back after the holidays. Hope everyone had a great holiday, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. But uh, got some big news, Steve. Yeah. Enos Cantor, the Boston Celtics, over the Christmas break, gave us a nice little shout-out and acknowledged the podcast. So we thought we'd have a little uh, Celtics recap for the rest of the season, some specific questions and just some some conversation, kind of see where it's going. What's going on, guys? How are we doing, guys? Merry Christmas. And let me just say the tree wasn't the only thing getting lit this year. So <laughs> I hope everyone's uh, recovering from their holidays and, and getting ready for the new year. So, um, But we, we saw both the Celtics and, and the Bucks play on, on Christmas. The Bucks kind of disappointed us a little bit because we thought as the one seed in the East that they definitely would have gave the Sixers a, a better game. I mean, they were down – what, 30 points at one point? Yeah, but, something like that. But where we're going with this is we, we want to know, if do we think that the Celtics can catch the Bucks at, at the one seat? And in my opinion, I, I do think we can. I mean, we haven't had a full healthy roster for, for more than five games this season, if we even had it for five games. Um, so I do think down the stretch um, that we can definitely get, get some momentum and, and hopefully take that one seat from the Bucks. Yeah, I definitely think that um, – I mean, the Bucs are, are a very deep team. So, I mean, one injury happens, and, I mean, that team could completely fall apart. Not that I think they will, but God forbid Middleton gets hurt, then they're on a little bit of a slump. But the Celtics, it's – one person gets hurt, it's kind of the next man up because they've been so deep and, and have three 20-point scorers. So, yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Do I think it'll happen before the All-Star break? No. But, yeah, no, Kev, do you think it's, it's possible, even though Giannis is, is on this crazy run? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it can definitely happen. Uh, like you said, Lou, whether it happens before the All-Star break or not, I don't know. I think it's just the Bucks have been so hot, and that just – I mean, that's really, the, like, the biggest thing with them so far this season is they've just been hot. I mean, they started off, what, one and three, two and three, something like that, and they've won, like, 18 of their last 20 or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think the Celtics will catch them. I think the Celtics are the more complete team. And I think they have, obviously, like a better bench, stuff like that. Obviously, the Bucks have Giannis on their side, being arguably the best player in basketball. But I think the Bucks are, you know, just – if you can stop Giannis, you stop the Bucks. where the Celtics are a little bit more difficult to stop, to stop and have a little bit more playmakers, stuff like that. So I think they can catch them. Um, I think, like I said, I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. I think it'll take a month or two or three maybe even. I don't know. It depends, but we'll see. Lou, I think they'll catch them. What did you say there? Four games behind? Four games behind. Uh, and then Philly, who's played less games than all of us, is four and a half behind. So it's Milwaukee, us. Miami's tied with us, but we have a tiebreaker over them. And then Philly. It's all neck and neck. Game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is really close. I mean, it's – I think Philly's a four seed right now. These division games are going to come down to the wire because all these teams are going to know what they're playing for and who they're playing for. Um but with the Celtics' success to the, this point this season, who do we think is the Celtics' most valuable player? I mean, we're not talking the MVP of the league, but the most important player to the Celtics right now. Kev, you want to start us off? It's difficult. I don't, I don't really know. I, it's like three – I feel like it's between Tatum, Brown, and, and Walker for different reasons. I think it's Walker because he obviously does a better job of facilitating the offense than Kyrie did. Tatum because he's really like the guy and then Jalen Brown because I think out of the three of them he's been playing the best and the most consistent so it's kind of hot I think I think I would give the edge to Kemba though just because night in and night out he facilitates the offense and still averages like 25 points a game so yeah, yeah well 
Yeah, I'm either going to go with Kemba or Marcus Smart. I know Smart hasn't been healthy mm-hmm. a ton with the eye infection. He's out today. But uh, Kemba's just changed the whole attitude of the locker room. I mean, he's, he's been okay with having bad nights, and that's not something we're used to seeing. Like a star player be like, okay, I'll go one for 15, but I'm happy that everyone else is getting buckets, and I don't care as long as we win. So I think that attitude's been the most important. I think he's, he's also the best player on the team. And then Marcus Smart's just, just the, uh, the heart and soul. I mean, defensively. Like you said, when we played the Bucs, uh, he was covering Giannis the whole time, and he really did a number on him. I mean, he's the best defensive player on the Celtics. Uh, he's the biggest spot plug of all on the Celtics. I mean, when he gets going and Marcus Smart hits threes, and he's into the game and everybody's into it because he's just that guy, and, and he's the veteran on the team now, and I think he's really had a, a good impact stepping up as that leader. See, See I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go uh, in a little bit of an opposite direction from you guys. I'm going to say – it's probably the most underrated player on the Celtics, and that's Jalen Brown. I mean, he's the most – he shows up every night. I mean, he's not ever dealing with injuries like Hayward is, and I know that's not something we can really control, but he's definitely more consistent than Tatum. I think that his game is is very, very important to what the Celtics do, and that's like attacking the basket, being a solid defender, like crashing the boards, and doing this all as a guard, especially after this this new contract that he got – I mean, I, I don't know if he's worth that type of money yet, but I do think that his his game on both sides of the court is is very valuable and is a big part to our success to this point. But that's also not taking away any credit from Brad Stevens because I think he's just as valuable as any player on the Boston definitely. Celtics, yeah. and I think you guys would definitely agree with that. Yeah, he, I mean, he's like I mean, people were blaming him last year for putting Hayward in too early. Now it's like they're firing all cylinders. The young guys are getting minutes. They're all happy. They're winning, and it's like, I don't know. I just I, there's he's there's no criticism of him at this point. Besides last season, me, I mean, he's coached us. Let me ask you guys a question because I know there was a lot of you know controversy around Brad Stevens last year. Can he coach? Can he get the most out of his players? But now that Kyrie's out of town, and obviously the Celtics are off to a better start than they've been in the last I can't since 2008 probably. Do you guys think it was? A little bit on Brad, do you think Kyrie was really the biggest factor on the, the disappointment season they had last year? Lou, let me help you first. What do you think is a little bit of both? I just want to hear what you guys have to say. I think Brad had just as much of a hard time adapting to Kyrie Irving as the players did. And I feel like we could, like, obviously see that. And I, I think behind the scenes, Brad and Danny Ainge were really working to kind of find different things to make it work with pick and rolls, different rotations. And we always saw that, that kind of change throughout the season, different players uh, playing with Kyrie on and off the court and, and managing minutes. And, I mean, I think it really limited guys like Rosea last year and, and maybe even Brown and Tatum to, to some sort of a point because it just seemed to be the Kyrie Irving show, you know? Yeah. But that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, the way I feel about it is I think putting – uh, Gordon Hayward right in was a big mistake on Brad's part, mm-hmm. and that was his bias because he he played he knows the kid like he, he, he's known him since he was in high school college. Um, but I don't think that that was the I just think Kyrie could have handled that better. I think he made it awkward, like like this guy's like not producing. Like why is he still starting? Like mm-hmm. I feel like he could have tried to accommodate Hayward into and accept him more than kind of bash him and, and get try to get him out of that lineup. So I think it was both of their faults, but I think Kyrie should have been mature enough to accept it. And I think hey, uh, Brad Stevens should have looked to the players and been like, hey, I know he's not playing well, but we know what he can do. So mm-hmm. let's try to get him acclimated 
I just thought he pushed the envelope a little too early. Well, Lou, we got to say, I, I still don't think Ky- Kyrie's really seen the picture of anyone but himself. I feel like he's just pointing the fingers, and, and I think the Nets see that now, too. Right. And the reason I asked that is because even, I mean, last year, even I was saying it, too, like those speculations skep- skep- around, you know, Brad Stevens, was he a good coach, was it all hype and stuff like that. So that was the reason I asked. But I think I, I think you guys are right. I think it was more Kyrie, too, because I think now – what we're seeing obviously is that he is getting the most of his players and and what people don't realize is I mean up until the Celtics got Kyrie Brad Stevens had only been there what four or five years and he never really had like that caliber of a superstar before where he was like you know what I mean like the best players he had were like Isaiah Thomas who wasn't even an all-star when he got to the Celtics and like probably Jeff Green was like the second biggest name besides like Marcus Smart yeah. that Brad Stevens inherited Horford, Horford. yeah and Horford but Horford's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's we'll, an easy we'll stop. Right. But, but it's just like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even no matter how long you coach, what level you coach at, when you get to the highest level and you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not easy, especially when Definitely not. there's that back and forth. You know what I mean? It's easy yeah. to coach a guy like Horford because he's not going to give it back to you. So I can't say I, I blame Brad Stevens because even at Butler, like, he never really had any crazy superstars. I mean, I know Gordon Hayward went through there, but – he never had the Kyrie's or anything like that. So I think he kind of was not starstruck, but kind of just like didn't never had never been there before. So he didn't really know how to handle it. But I think this year it's like night and day, yeah. just the way they're playing, the effort, the coach and everything. So so I got I got to go back to, to that MVP talk just mm-hmm. because I mentioned Jalen Brown. And I know at, at points of the season already we had talked about his contract. Um, what, what do we think now to this point? I mean, obviously – Jalen Brown's locked up with the Celtics for a decent amount of time now. He's getting paid big bucks. What's the things that we need to see? Do we think that he's going to fill into this contract more as kind of time goes on? What do we think, guys? Uh, for him to be worth it for me, I'm okay with 17 a game. I know he's averaging 20 right now. But you need to be an elite defender. I don't want to see this good defense. I need to see elite defense. Like you're getting paid $28 million a year, and you're the best two-way player on the team. I mean, you have to take that next step to a Paul George-esque where it's like right. you could cover anybody one, two, three, and four on the floor every night, and we feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not on that level yet. I, I, I like him covering guys like – You think he can cover a four? I think he'd have a hard time. A small four. four. A yeah. small four. Like LeBron's a four. So, yeah. I mean, a, a Kawhi can play the four. So, yeah. Or a Kevin Love. I mean, he easily. But I just need to see it consistently on ball to the point where he's frustrating God's. You know what I mean? Where yeah. like a like a Pat Beverly does almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like he's in your face. Right. He can't get away. He's pissing you off because you, you can't do anything mm-hmm. on him. Or like a Drew Holiday. Yes, exactly. Those are elite, elite God defenders. And I think he's one step away. And that's all I need to see. Mm-hmm. I do think guys around the league are getting paid similar to Jalen Brown. And I'm performing to his extent, mm-hmm. though. So I'll take it to this point. It does look very promising uh, going forward. But, Kev, do you have anything to add as far as the contract goes? Um... I'll say a little bit. I mean, my whole thing with Jalen Brown's contract wasn't even the amount. It was just the timing and everything else that was that was a part of it. It was just like I felt like the Celtics kind of hit the panic button a little bit, not you know not landing Anthony Davis or really any big free agents, landing any big trades in the offseason. So I think they kind of panicked and signed him. But, I mean, obviously he's been showing us he can play. If he can keep this up, like Lou said, and then add a little bit more to his defense, I have no problem with the signing. You know what I mean? But yeah. – my whole thing going into it was it was just like, we have this guy, he's on the fence of, is he going to be good or isn't he going to be good? 
And I think the worst thing to do in professional sports is to jump the gun on a guy, especially when it comes to that amount of money. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if he keeps performing like he's performing, then like, yeah, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? Give my guy 28 million a year. Like, for sure. who cares? You know what I'm saying? Not for sure. And, and a big, a big uh, thing with the Celtics this year is we have a lot of rookies. I mean, we've had so many draft picks over the past, like, three, four years or so, and we still have a couple coming. Um, but who do we think to this point this season is the most impressive rookie? I have to say that, I mean, we haven't really seen rookies play on, on too much of a consistent level. Yeah. But I need – but I, w- I would have to say that Grant Williams has showed us the most out of, out of everybody. 100%. I, I, think, I think just on the offensive side, on the defensive side, rebounding. I mean, I didn't even think that he was going to have an impact like he's had when he actually plays uh, to this point. Um, and I, I do think that God's – like, it's just kind of like a different position and they do need a, a little more time to, to kind of d- develop, gather the shots, you know, work with these guys. And th- what – Brad expects of guards and what he expects of big men, I feel like are two completely different things. Um, but but that's just what I have to say about the rookies. You guys can chime in next to that as well. Yeah, so I feel like we we haven't seen I mean Cass Edwards hasn't really he's down in the in the uh, the right clause right now. Romeo Langford just came up. But uh, yeah, Graham Williams has been great passing the ball. He needs to get the rookie mistakes out. He, he does produce a lot of turnovers. He's obviously not greatly skilled offensively, but he hustles. I love that. Like you said, he has been very impressive and has played a lot of big spots for the Celtics, but a guy that I feel like uh, I think he was a second or, or third round draft, no, second, second round draft second, pick, yeah. dude, Javante Green. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one thought he was going to be anything great. He came out of Radford. <laughs> Who comes out of Radford? <laughs> I mean, he's, and, he's a, and he's an old rookie too. He's twenty six. Oh wow! So uh, I mean, he's close to great. his prime already. <laughs> like, all right, he, he's jumping through the roof. He, he gets more boards per game than Grant Williams, and, he, and he's a two guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's impressed me a lot. And I feel like they've – the best thing they've done is come in the game and not blow the games for us. Yeah. So, far, when the moment's been too big, when we have a lead and it's like, okay, these rookies can't hit shots, the offense is terrible, and they can't defend anybody, um, it, that just hasn't happened. I would like to see Grant Williams rebound more. I think that would be nice to average more than a rebound a game. But, I mean, yeah, uh, it all depends on his minutes. But they've been very impressive. Uh, nothing too crazy has stuck out. Kev, anything you want to add with the rookies? Um, I mean, no, like like you guys said, I, I've been impressed with all of what I've seen so far, obviously. I think I think you guys I, – I think Grant Williams is kind of in the lead right now. Um, I think it's just – I don't know what – we just weren't expecting this out of him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. the Celtics do a good job, a very good job of drafting to their strengths. A lot of the teams in the NBA, it's just like, all right, like, you know – it, we have 17th pick. We're getting, like, the 17th best guy. But, like, that's not always necessarily, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Celtics probably could have landed a more a more talented player, but he rebounds, he defends, he screens well. That's three of the things that the Celtics big men don't do. And, like, even, even with Brad, like, Brad's putting these rookies in a position to succeed, which is what a lot of, you know, teams and coaches don't do. So I think just the way they draft – and the way Brad coaches, like, I mean, the last, what, three, four years, every rookie we've gotten the last three, four years has produced for us, like, right away. Even, yeah. like, even when Tatum and Brown got drafted, like, they came in and produced right away. So, yeah. it's just, I think I think they just got to keep doing what they're doing and just, they're almost, they're a lot like, the, they honestly really remind me a lot like the Pats. Like, they really just, they know <laughs> what they need and they draft it. They don't care if it's the 100th best player in the draft and they have the fifth pick. If he, if he does what they need, they draft them. And I think that's. That's ultimately how you build a championship team. 
And, yeah. and just quick, I, I got to say, uh, the young player, Waters, Tramal Waters, has been mm-hmm. playing pretty well to this point, too, yeah. just in flashes. But but just our, our, last, our last topic on the Celtics, who do we need to see more from? I mean, I, I know we don't have too many big guys that, that are available to help us right now. I personally think we need to see more from Daniel Tice just kind of playing a, a more – I don't even want to say consistent, but maybe polished is a better word because uh, he's, he's our starting five. I mean, I know him and Cantor always switch, and they've been complementary to each other. But I, I do think we, we need to see, see more from Tice on the defensive side of the ball. What do you, who do you guys need to see more from? I think there's, there's two big people that I want to mention. And the first one is obviously Taco Fall, and the second one is Robert Williams. And for Taco Fall's sake, I, I don't, I, I'm not necessarily putting the blame on him. I'm saying we need to see more from him just in general. Just we need to – I think Brad needs to incorporate him into games more. He just needs to – you know what I mean? I think he needs to just be on the Celtics. Like, like you know what I mean? Like if – if you want to send down the Red Cross like a game or something to work on stuff, that's fine. But don't let him run away down there. He's just – he's too big and he's too valuable for his size. You know what I mean? I feel like he's someone that, that if if we do shape him right. into what we need him to be, can help us right, right. now. And I understand. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's 7'6". And, like, yeah, he's not Yao Ming. Like, I he's understand. Just but, right. Yeah. But it's like, is it really going to hurt putting him in for, like, two minutes at the end of a half or, like, two minutes at the end of the quarter just to even grab a couple rebounds or block a couple shots? Like, we're not asking the guy to come in and have 10 and 10. Like, Look at how much all you're going to do is – Yeah, all you're going to do is clog up the middle. Like, the fans love seeing him play. Like, the team obviously loves when he gets in. But even Robert Williams, too. I mean, Robert Williams – He's playing well. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and I, think, well. I think, obviously, with the lack of the Celtics big guys – like, he should be one of the guys that steps up and says, like, listen, because he really is, like, out of all of our big guys, he's probably the most athletic. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. he's, he's what, 6'10", 6'11", like, huge wingspan, can jump. Even as, like, he's not horrible offensively. He can't really shoot. But he's in a the boomer. Paint, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Time Lord. Time like, Lord. I really I, – I, I, I'd love to see more out of him. I think – I think if Brad – I think if they just carve a role for him and just tell him, like, listen, this is what we need you to do then he'll do it. Yeah. Um, but I think he's really, like, I think the ceiling for him is really high, especially in the Celtic system, like I said, with the lack of big guys we have this season and stuff. I just, I think he can be a lot more valuable than we've seen. But, again, it's not it's not all on him, too. It, it's on the coaching and, and, and everything in, in one. So, Lou, anyone specifically you're going to see more from? Yeah, uh, it's kind of a mix of, of two things on this. Uh, it's Brad Stevens and Kanta, our good friend now. Mm-hmm. Um, just He's only getting 18 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game the last 10 games. I know he's been banged up, but he's only averaging eight, eight and seven. I mean, if he plays 24, 25 minutes, he's, he's going to get more. He could, he could drop a, a quick 15 and 10, right. and he's, he's trying on the defensive end. He's never yeah. going to be a great defender. Like Tyson, Tyson's a better defender. One thing my boy yeah. Yellow never did. Yeah. <laughs> At least like when, when Tyson, like Tyson knows I have to foul because mm-hmm. like I'm the guy, you'd rather get me get a foul than have it on camera or Tatum or, or Kanta. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Kansas just has to throw his body out there a little more. I think he did as good of a job as he could versus like Embiid and Giannis and those guys. But just to be more involved in the offensive end because we know that's his bread and butter. I mean, a little more in the pick and roll, right. a little more uh, quickness on the outside shots. And I think he could really be a big piece. And 15 and 10 is, I think – Realistic. Yeah, very realistic. If he's, if he's averaging eight and seven on, on average minutes. Yeah, and I, I, Lou, I, I agree with you. I do think he, he's played well to this point. Yes. Just like we, have, we just haven't seen enough. And – it was a big fluctuation with him, Tice, and Williams in the beginning of the season. We, we just had to feel that out. But I do feel like at this point in the season, especially with Williams banged up, that Cantor is going to play a little bit more. And 
Brad, Brad, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to, to scheme things like offensively with, with him other than like the pick and roll. But I, I do feel like the, the guys on the team are really playing well around him as well. And another question I want to ask you guys, with, with the exception of Venus Cantor, because he's been a starting center for multiple teams for multiple years. Yeah. With the exception of Venus Cantor, who, what Celtics big guy, I guess, would you feel most, I guess, comfortable with in the game or most, who do you think is the most reliable big guy besides Enos Kanter? Not, not that Enos Kanter is Hakeem Olajuwon either, but it's just, he's so, like, he's like a veteran. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just our young bigs, Tice, Williams, Grant Williams, Tice. all those guys. Tice, who do you guys trust the most, Tice? I would. Yeah, no, keep yeah. going, keep on. No, I would probably say Robert Williams if, if like, he wasn't hurt. And I think he was getting time, time like, in the game to actually show us what he was, like, available to do, why he was drafted and things of that sort. And I think it adds another element because we don't really have, like, a boomer around the rim, like, getting offensive boards. And I feel like he was really good at that as well. Um, So, definitely Robert Williams. But if, if not Robert Williams, I would definitely say, like, if Grant Williams was granted more minutes, I mean, obviously that depends on the game because I don't think Brad's going to toss him out there when, when we're playing maybe against, like, like a top, like, West team, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, th- I think it all just depends on opponent and time and stuff like that. But big things coming from the Celtics, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I really like Tice, though, just because it feels like he knows where he needs to be. He can hit the open three if they give it to him. He shoots 30% from three, which is – Good, good for a center, you yeah. know, very good for a center. And I just feel like he's reliable. Yeah. He's very reliable. He's not afraid to throw his body out there. He'll defend the biggest guy on the court. And he just shows up every game. That's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, and I, I really like the way he plays. And I can't wait to see him get more minutes. And then I would like – not more minutes, but I would like to see him get more quality minutes and then use Robert Williams and Kanta in uh, complementary roles with him. Yeah. Well, the Celtics have a good stretch coming up. They have the Cavs, Raptors, Hornets, Hawks, Bulls, Wizards, and Spurs all before they play the 76ers. So those are definitely some games where they can catch stride a little bit and, and maybe pull, uh, get get closer to, to the Bucks at the one seed. But that wraps it up for this all-Celtics episode. We really appreciate Enos Cantor for, for reaching out and making uh, our Christmas a little more special around this time of year. And our audio quality is usually better, but we couldn't get to the studio today. So you guys will definitely hear us back at the studio next week at the school vacation is over. But we appreciate you guys. Make sure you like, follow, and share. And since the sandbox, baby. Peace. Booyah.